Welcome to Staking Mondays, and we are live, guys. Welcome to the show. My name is Ken. I'm here with the CEO and co-founder of Staking Rewards, Mirko Schmiedel. And today we have with us Claudio Cosio, co-founder of Metapool, a liquid staking protocol built on Near. And let's jump right into some lightning round short answer questions. Claudio, what was your first experience in crypto? How did you get started? Yeah, so my first experience was 2018. Uh, at that time, I was like a limited partner at a fund here, a local fund for LATAM called Hackers and Founders. And they wanted to launch a liquid fund when those things were a thing. Uh, and so that got me started into understanding uh, Ethereum and smart contracts. And at that time, I was, I was uh, building products for an Atlassian developer partner. Uh, so not really too much into crypto, just, uh, yeah, some BTC. And through that interaction, it was I got, I got started thinking on, okay, how can I build products on top of a smart contract? Uh, well, that, that, that didn't go well, but anyhow, uh, it, it just, uh, yeah, I, I, I took the, 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 um, I definitely uh, get, went down the rabbit hole and yeah, so it's, uh, and have been full-time in crypto since December last year. So I had to do moonlighting for, for a couple of years, uh, just to get, get things running. Uh, but it was through Metapool and, and the support of the near ecosystem that, I, that I'm here. So, so really happy about that one. That's a great story. And um, yeah, glad to have you here now um, and building Metapool and uh, doing amazing stuff. So um, outside of Metapool, like what projects are you super excited about right now in the crypto ecosystem? So so, so for us, it's definitely GameFi. GameFi is a, it's a big thing, right? Um, yes, of course, native DeFi. Yes, of course, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of stuff, right? But what's really uh, where I see a really green field uh, is through GameFi, right? Um, so much Axie, like pay to earn, but more so how, how can, for example, this, this is one thing that last year during pandemic, right? I spent around $800 on Fortnite, $800. And they say, like, that's a, and, and, and now my kid doesn't play Fortnite anymore. So those dollars, or I don't know how they, bucks, I don't know how they call it, they're there, right? not accruing in value, not doing anything. And was thinking, you know what? You know what would have been great? And I would buy this. If Fortnite had a token, I will buy it. I will stake it. And then the rewards go to for my keep paying this stuff. But not only that, maybe I'll buy the Blizzard coin. And then I can, and I stake it and I can, the rewards can go to any of the games from the Blizzard uh, catalog, right? And so for me, that got, got me started to exploring GameFi. And it was through the Human Guild uh, Network uh, in the near ecosystem that I started to explore more, more and more and more around it. It's still really early days. Like if, it, if crypto is really early days, GameFi is like, I don't know, man, it's like really, really pre-alpha, right? And so, but anyhow, so for me, it's um, super excited about how can we get consumer interaction through games, which is not, uh, crypto is not at the forefront. It's more the game and the game dynamic. Yeah, and it's going to take probably a, a major platform like Blizzard or Fortnite to release a token like that for this mainstream adoption to take place. But uh, maybe this next question relates to GameFi. If you had to pick a sector in crypto that you think will create the most upside surprise in the next 24 months, what would it be? So so there's there are two things, right? So yes, game, GameFi is another one. And for example, there's, there's uh, a, so there's the, I'm really excited about what uh, Adidas has done in the crypto space. I think that's that's how can you grab a mainstream brand, link it to a crypto project, 
and make that onboarding process. So I think we're going to see a ton of that stuff. Uh, I just came back from Permissionless in Palm Beach last week, and there was a lot of conversations about name brands interacting more with pro, uh, protocols or crypto pro, uh, blockchain protocols. I, I think MBA Top Chats, that was a great first initiative, but I think it's not going to be the last we're going to see it. So for me, it's all about how more consumer facing. That's going to be another one. And for, for example, development countries is how can savings and hedging hyperinflation can uh, with blockchain will help uh, lessen the burden and give more exposure to normal people to crypto assets. So, so I think those two ones are going to be things to watch for. Cool. And who in the crypto industry do you admire or look up to the most? Just very short. <laughs> so for me, I, and I, I'm a full-on uh, Naval fan, to be honest. Uh, uh, I think that he, he has great, uh, great insights, not only in the crypto space, but how, how uh, technology is going to evolve as a whole, right? I think Hasee from, from Dragonfly Capital. Yeah, I'm, I'm plugging one of, our, uh, uh, <laughs> one of our backers, but definitely uh, he has a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so I think those, those two, two guys, and, and also Laura Shin from Unchained, I think she brings this sense of like, like no hype, all data and serve, uh, uh, serve on a cold dish, right? Like she doesn't ask you if you like it or not. It's just the facts, right? And, and I think she does a really good job. Then Camila Russo from, from also uh, from Defiant, she does a great job as well, right? Re not only representing... Uh, uh, like the, the LATAM angle, right? Uh, but more so like that, that women can build, have a different perspective on things on, on, on all crypto related. So, so definitely, yeah. So those, those two, four, pe those four people are, are, are kind of for me, uh, top of mind, but there's definitely more. Definitely. Crypto Twitter is like, I don't know, that, that, does, that list has like a 200 uh, uh, Twitter accounts. So, so anyhow, so good luck with that one. <laughs> Yeah, some awesome name drops there. And in terms of staking, why is staking important for token holders? And what's your general view about staking? So, so definitely staking brings not only not only is it a default value proposition from a proof of stake network, but it's also how it keeps uh, something, uh, uh, how it improves its Nakamoto coefficient, right? And, and I think that's that's really valuable. It's just how censorship resistance is the network, how secure it is. So staking brings that into the equation. I think uh, all of the POS protocols need to do a better job of onboarding that narrative around staking, right? Right now, it's not only about the APY and it shouldn't be just about the APY. Yes, that's a default uh, feature that is uh, like the, the carrot that brings people in. But then you need to understand and explain to users why it is important and why allocation of those tokens to a, to a diversified network of nodes is critical for the value of the protocol itself. Yes, that makes sense um, and plays very well into it. And I, I hope we also play a, a great role there and helping um, I, actually, the, the, and everyone no, the, the, the funny yeah. thing is that uh, as, uh, so I'm part of the nearest panel guild and, and we constantly name drop you guys because at the end of the day, it's for us is the source of the source of truth, right? That is not related to a layer one, right? So it's like you go there. Yes, there's a ton of information, and we take like 
like take it in, take it in, in stride, right? But for us, yeah, we, we I've always name dropped you guys uh, for anything related to, do you want to understand a protocol? Go to stakeandrewards.com. They'll have most of the information that you need there. And more important, a comparison chart between all of the POSs, right? Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it's it's a really like yeah under underlooked um, way of representing staking as like the importance for um, the networks be beyond yields and everything else. Um, so um, last very short question here, like what's an activity you do to relax from wild crypto markets? Ah, that's I, I did that just two weeks ago prior to going to permissionless. So surfing for me, going to the water, any water sport actually, right? Uh, I, I live in Barcelona for eight years, so I, I got to understand that uh, there's places where there's sea and you can't surf. So I'm actually from up north, from Tijuana. And so definitely we have surf every year. Uh, so I went out to visit my, my, my parents and, and I got to, to surf some, some good spots there, uh, four to five feet, and, and understand that I need to run a little bit more and get into shape. <laughs> I think we, we all need to get into better shape after the pandemic here. <laughs> So hang loose, Claudio. Uh, cool. So today, guys, uh, we're going to be talking about the following topics. So staking, of course, what makes the near protocol different? Yield recipes of near and maximizing staking rewards, yield farming and embedded leverage, FYIs from Metapool farmers, kickstarting new projects on near via Meta Yield, the DAP pipeline on Metapool and near. All right. So let's hop right into these long form questions, Claudio. First here, so when you set out to build Metapool, what were the biggest things that you set out to change relative to the typical Ethereum staking platform experience? Yes, um, so, and, and this one, I, I need to give a shout out to, to my co-founder, Lucio, right? He, he's the mastermind and a chief architect of, uh, of Metapool. So, so one of the biggest things when uh, Lucio shared the, the white paper with me was just understanding that, uh, uh, ST near, which is our stake asset, is not a rebased asset. So that's that's the main difference between an Ethereum platform. And I couldn't understand, to be honest. So so I'm I'm coming from a, a, a Web 2.0 SaaS marketplace like uh, Atlassian background, right? I was trying to understand, like, okay, so 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 the accruing rewards are not sent to the wallet, so they are accrued in the token itself. Okay, so that relies on the smart contract. So for us, is it's not a rebasing asset. So and this creates two very important differences between uh, any Ethereum platform and, and near, or or, or 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 yeah, and, and near. And so, it is. We are not sending more tokens to the wallet uh, that stakes through Metapool. We mint a token which represents the near being staked and the accruing rewards for that state. Uh, on and and the smart contract controls that pricing. That's, and that's why it's called Metapool because we, and, and, and this is also a design uh, by, and also this is very, it's done by design. When you stake in Metapool, we don't register that your wallet staked X amount. No, because everything goes into the pool. And so we calculate the price of ST near based on the amount of near on the pool and the rewards that it generates. There's a hundred near, then we calculate based on a hundred. If somebody liquid on stakes, right, or on stakes immediately, then there's maybe 99. Okay, so now ST near, we need to recalculate the price because there's only 99 near on the pool, right? And so it, it makes, it's a very, very lightweight design. Uh, and that way we do not face the problems that STE faced uh, last week, right? Where, where it lost, lost its peg. 
uh, because it's 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 a rebasing asset, and that creates some some difficulties in order for other platforms to adopt STE, uh, and so that's something that STNIR doesn't face. Um, and so for us, that's that's a very important uh, feature that that we that we uh, uh, that we leverage when we do partnerships with lending and borrowing platforms. Also very important, this allows us to easily um, bridge our asset over to EVM compatible networks such as Aurora. Um, and the only thing that we need to, we needed to create was basically a Solidity smart contract that is linked to our near contract in order for 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 um, platforms to query the price of ST near in any given moment. So so that's one that's one of the main differences. Uh, but this is a fully fully on. I need to give a shout out to Lucio. He's the one. He's the mastermind behind it, right? I'm just uh, uh, I'm just the one pushing the narrative, uh, building the community, and and making sure the product does what it does. So. So, so it's been it's been a, it's been a good um, nine months since we launched on on Mainnet on August twenty third, uh, and and for now, there's there's been a good good adoption both on the EVM side with the Aurora network and also on the near native side. Awesome. And can you walk us a little bit through like why you decided to build on near protocol and like maybe uh, talk our listeners a bit through like the, the key revolutionary aspects that near protocol brings to the table and like why it will have like significant staying power com compared to Ethereum as well. So, so the biggest thing for us is, and I'm just going to tell this as, as my experience. So, so in 2018, when, when I got bitten by the bug, right. And, and said, okay, yeah, I want to build some smart contracts. I look into solidity uh let's say at that time it was a little bit more than i can chew um but then again uh through participating in in, in angelist uh, uh in some of the rolling funds i got invited into uh coinlist and i participated in a bunch of their sales i did uh block stack i did of course near uh i did solana i did cello uh, rally and and a couple of more uh mina and a couple of them right and uh and the and for me, uh, being a total uh, well, crypto noob, and I'm still considering myself a noob, um, I said, you know what? I'd rather buy out of a, a platform that I do KYC. Yeah. And so, yeah, I was docs. No, that's that's the way it is, right? For, for newbies, it, they feel that security, right? I still wasn't, wasn't I, I still haven't drank the Kool-Aid for permissionless, uh, non-custodial, right? But that gave me a, a really... Uh, bird's eye view on the ecosystem, right? So I started building on Blockstack. That failed miserably. Like we did a couple of hackathons, built a team around it. Um, then we did Solana. Okay, so Rust. Okay, so Rust development. And then went, went like three months without going uh, something workable on testnet. Scrape that. That Cello, Cello very much focused on the mobile side and the bank, the unbanked. Coming from Latin America, I'm like, dude, None of you guys are based in, in, in either of these countries. And you're trying to sell me on this. Yes, it's fine that you work with the World Bank and whatnot. You can show me your pedigree. But then again, like I, I said, you know what? Forget about this. It's great. And so Nier was my last draw. Like I said, you know what? If this doesn't go well, all of you player ones, you can go in yourselves. Because at the end of the day, you ca I cannot build on top of your platforms. And at that time, I was working uh, very much on the Confluence side. So it's, if you, block Confluence is just a wiki. And one of the things that I wanted to do was decentralize the data. 
one important aspect of any SaaS platform, and when you're dealing with Fortune 500 companies, they ask you this, who owns the data? Always a question that the response to that has, has always been you, but that's BS. That's not true. Who owns it, it's stored on AWS, and you as, 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 as a storage provider, you are responsible for, for that. You can say that their customers are, but that's not true. And so that got me started into how can we make a decentralized document management solution? That was what I was trying to build. Now, don't get me started on file storage. That's a whole nother thing. Uh, we, I participated in, in ETH Global, like the, the Filecoin hackathons and all that stuff in. Uh, let's, let, let's say that it's still a long way for that to be enterprise ready, but anyhow. Um, and so I said, okay, let's bring this to near. Let's do something. Can I build something on testnet? Can it work? And am I gonna be able to ship on mainnet? And, and I was, uh, and and it was my last straw, to be honest. I was not gonna get into this space if, if like, I at that time I had been investing nine months of development de development time, right? And 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 basically <laughs> pushing my friends for time, like, hey guys, let's get into this. Let's do just this hackathon for one month and a half, right? And I was running out of my, my, my Rolodex was starting to get really, really small, right? And people were like, hey, is that the cloudy opinion to build on top of X, right? Or, or anything like that. So I was going to get burned for sure. Um, so shout out to Hector and, and to a bunch of guys, Manuel and all those guys that stick, 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 stood by with me on those crazy, crazy uh, hackathon days. But then again, we made something and we launched. It worked on testnet. And I was like, okay, so it works. Now... One thing is for that to be viable on testnet. The other thing is for that to be on mainnet, right? And be accessible to users. So this is how I got started into the near ecosystem. And so at that time, there were like this guild, they started creating this guild network around their near ecosystem. So I started to po to pick around like, hey guys, document management, blah, 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 blah. And <laughs> nobody was interested in that. And I was like, okay, so, uh, okay. So this, that's uh, no, my, my, <laughs> No, but I'm trying to build something for no one. And okay, so like, okay, fine. But it still got me hooked on how easy it is to build on top of. It also, I took, for me, it was an eye-opener how easy it is for your contract to have bugs, right? Yeah, that's normal. That's in all layer ones. There's no, no layer one, which is uh, security by default, right? Because at the end of the day, you're building something that has not been built on top of that pro protocol. So it's normal for it to be faulty. And more importantly, if you're a newbie, you're all going to have holes all over the place. So we're building this raft, right, with 20, 25 poles on it and trying to, to uh, uh, paddle to an island that doesn't exist, right? There's no demand for a document management on, on, on blockchain. So anyhow, uh, but then again, like uh, the, the near ecosystem throw me a lifesaver, right? And so they brought me into the ecosystem. I launched the near Hispano Guild, which is the Spanish speaking community for near. And that's how I met my co-founder Lucio. I said, hey, who's building something on near, right? Like useful, not a document management, useless piece of <laughs> junk of that. And so what we did is that I started uh, bringing people that were building on top of Nier and for the Spanish-speaking community to, to get to know them. Lucio was the first one. At that time, uh, Lucio, uh, or actually we're still building uh, NAR Wallets, which is a um, Chrome extension wallet uh, for Nier, basically the MetaMask for Nier. Um, and so Lucio got me started with that. Hey, like, do you want to help me build this? 
And me being a full-on like a uh, head of product at, at, at Lassen or whatnot, I was like, okay, okay, so what's the total industrial market for this, right? What's the TAM for this? And and I look into it like, okay, well, maybe at that time, I think it was like 20,000 stakers. Uh, maybe I think it was like 100,000 wallets or, or something like that. I'm like, Lucio, this is not a business, mate. <laughs> this is, I'm sorry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to help you whichever way I can, but it's like, no, he didn't got me hooked on that one. And so, and I started just engaging the community, just engaging the community, understanding more about what Elia and Alex were building. Uh, what uh, Then I saw Ref Finance launch, then the staking wars as well, right? A bunch of node operators coming in and, and trying to get the ball rolling. And for me, this is, it was a really nascent uh, community. And, and, got, and, and I really had a reminiscence of like when the Google developer group started uh, more than 12 years ago. Where it's like small, small three for five, six teams, right? Uh, and I and I've seen that play before, and I was like, I'm I need I need to get on this on top of this. This is this is gonna blow up one one of these days on the good side of things. Uh, and so here we are, right? Like hundred million uh, wallets, uh, uh, thousands of users, uh, and 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 participating in one of the the, the top uh, DApps, DeFi DApps for the ecosystem. So that's what got, really got me hooked on here, and 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 I'm 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 still long and 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 bullish on it because they're building stuff and it's holding and it's trying and it's being battle tested as we speak, and I think that's super important for anyone consider building on top of any layer one. Yeah, and that's a really cool story of perseverance from a founder's perspective and how. Near was able to technically uh, take what you were building, and then also the community aspect around Near as well. Um, so, talk us a bit about the growth of Metapool itself. How has the progression of growth in terms of participating users, wallets, even the number of kickstarted projects in the pipeline? Yes. So, so for now, it's, we we reach actually we reach a great milestone this week. Uh, well, last week over the weekend is that we are at ten million Near being staked through the protocol. Uh, we have around 9,300 wallets uh, connecting to the protocol, leveraging our liquid asset as senior. So that's something really, really important for us. And, and we couldn't have done it without the community because that's how we launched. When we launched uh, on August 23rd, we did a community launch. What we did is that we basically said, hey, for three weeks, we're going to give away a meta rewards or a meta token, which is our governance token. To anyone that stakes on the protocol, uh, it is a revenue sharing uh, um, 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 token. So uh, we said we need your help. We need to bootstrap this. Uh, let's see how it goes, right? Um, and we did the napkin thing or the spreadsheet thing, Lucio and myself. I was August, and we said at that time I was moonlighting, right? Uh, I, I said over in April, hey Lucio, yes, I'll help you with Metapool. You convince me. Uh, but I can only do four hours per day, and I'm just going to try to make this work, right? And so we're moonlighting, and then August launch, and I said, okay, Lucio, we're ready to launch. I built more so the community. Uh, the community is ready. Uh, all the stakeholders are, are, are know that we're going to launch. How much do you think Meta can we accrue? And at that time, we said, well, maybe we, we accrue by the end of the year, maybe $2 million in TBL. Maybe, maybe that we can see there's something there uh we launched and in 12 and in 24 hours we have like um yeah seven million dollars in tbl 
uh, we finished the, the community launch with 23 million in TBL. And at that time I was like, okay, so now I'm not gonna sleep, right? Uh, and so yeah, fast forward, uh, August, uh, December 1st was my full day, day, that I, day zero for me here in crypto. Um, and it was all through the community launch that, that, that we did this, right? Um, and it was to the Gilded network that met that Nier had, right? That helped spread the word really quick. Uh, there, the, the, there are still some guilds on, on the near near ecosystem. They're slowly kind of shifting away from it. I think for a bootstrapping per perspective, it was really, really well done. Uh, as everything that is permissionless and decentralized, it gets a little bit messy and chaotic, right? And there were some, definitely some really good lessons learned by the ecosystem. But I think they really, really good. They played on launching or creating this gilded network that allow uh, protocols such as Metapool to launch, Ref Finance, which is the DEX on top of, of Near, also for the Aurora ecosystem or DVM to launch as well. And so I think they, 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 they did a really good bet. Now it is, yeah, time to put in the big girl and big boy pants, right? Now it's a top, one of the top 20 coins. Uh, and so they need to understand that there's more at stake. Yes, there's a lot of eyes more on Near, but I, th I think uh, Marik and the Near Foundation team have what it takes to do that next big step, right? Uh, and so, so definitely for us is uh, we want to be part of that. Uh, some some good information here is uh, 30% of the TBL in DeFi is running through Metapool. It's using our, our liquid token as Tineer. So, so really excited about that. The support from the lending and borrowing platforms in Aurora, uh, Bastion, Origami, uh, it was has been really great. Their, their acceptance has been really good. With borrow cash over in your native, also there's a great, great partnership there. So, so definitely, uh, it's been exciting times. And even with this uh, shift in market conditions, um, we are set up for the long run, right? We we just um, we did an initial uh, backer round in December. Uh, we did an IDO, a successful IDO as well. Um, and uh, now we're going to be announcing uh, soon. A, a new a new a new round that we did uh, with some very important backers and and so we're ready for the next uh, 48 months right of, of building uh, and launching new solutions on top of a liquid uh, liquid asset that is as senior. That's a great growth story. Um, really really glad for you guys um, and on all the growth you you achieved definitely and um, that leads us to the next question like so like delegating near you can earn around 10 percent. Um, but with STNIA at Metapool, you also support, so like, um, like users are able to like tap into other yield recipes, you call them, and like different staking strategies, um, what you can do with the STNIA. And you already mentioned there are some projects already supporting STNIA. Um, can you walk us like through some of the alternative staking strategies that you can uh, leverage um, with STNIA? Yeah, for us, one of, one of the biggest things or are our default partners is going to be lending and borrowing, right? We created an asset that is accruing in value every 13 hours. Uh, and with this is perfect for self-paying loans um, or borrowing against it as well, right? It's self-paying. So, so for us, definitely on, on the near native side is borrow cash. Um, they're, they're a great partner. We're also giving away meta rewards on top of it. Um, right now, we're not giving any any rewards to uh, the plat to platform users just by staking. So we 
we put all of our, our meta rewards on our partner network. That means on the DEXs such as Red Finance, uh, DEXs over in the Aurora ecosystem, TriSolaris, WannaSwap, and very importantly on the lending and borrowing, right? Bastion, Origami. Right now, that's, uh, it, it's, it's always a a, and very important. This is not financial advice. Uh, don't 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 uh, take it as is. Uh, uh, I'm a total crypto noob, right? I actually, uh, to be honest, I only do staking. Uh, I, I I do not yield yield farm or anything like that. It's just uh, I'm more of a product guy, to be honest. And so for me, it's building a, a solutions on top of a um, of our liquid asset. That's where my main focus is. Um, and now regarding regarding where to get more yield, definitely. Uh, Go into Rep Finance. There's definitely a couple of farms there. Uh, in TriSolaris, there's also some some farms. Uh, we use our native uh, farm, which is Astinier Meta. Uh, that also has brings in a lot of, a few a good good APY there. Uh, I'm not going to go into the the numbers because I, I let people do their own research. I don't want them to take my 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 word for it. Uh, but anyhow, so definitely um, for me, the, the most important thing is. Can we bring this to GameFi? Can we allow this to go into the metaverse as well? We're partnering with Nearverse. Uh, we're partnering with Nearton as well, which is our native uh, metaverse platforms on Near, and try to understand how they can leverage our liquid asset. Uh, for Nearverse, one of the things we're discussing is they can, they of course, they're using their Near wallet. They will have their Near there. And if they want to buy some land, they can just stake stake internally through the metaverse uh, they're near. And so they're going to get ST near. Uh, uh, and that's kind of like on the back channel, right? They can just go deposit near. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things we're going to be building in this next couple of months is can we can we build liquid staking API? So anybody can integrate liquid staking into their platform. So, so that's up and coming. I'm giving a little bit of an alpha there for everybody here. Um, and that's how we see evolving, to be honest, uh, for us is can Metapool.app disappear, right? Can we build full on infrastructure provider? Um, and so that's, that's one of the biggest bets we're going to be making. Uh, and that way we can be anywhere, right? Uh, NFT marketplaces also, can I pay for NFT with the near rewards, right? So that's something we're exploring with MetaYield, right? Which is our, our uh, crowdfunding platform that we launched two weeks ago. Um, and so we're exploring, right? For us is we have a yield bearing asset called Estimir. And then the, our, 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 our job is to find the best use cases and that build value for near token holders. That's our vision of, of everything we do. We put near token holders front and centered of everything we do because we're in it for the long, long haul on this one. And if our interest is always in bringing value to them and be, bringing value to the protocol, I think we will be set for to be one of the leading platforms built on top of, of Near. Yeah, I think the Near ecosystem is very lucky to have you and your team on board here supporting the long-term vision. And uh, for the people watching, you just dropped a bunch of alpha there. So uh, be sure to check out, rewind that part of the episode and check out all the alpha that Claudio just dropped for you guys. Uh, and for our listeners who aren't as familiar with Near, if there's one thing that differentiates Near from other smart contract platforms, what would it be? And why should listeners start using Near today from a technical perspective? What makes it better today, and what will ensure it keeps that competitive edge over the next six to twelve months? So there's there's definitely a couple of things happening, right? Um, 
one is we th there's a really strong um, education program on NIR. Uh, it's called NIR.University. Um, and there's free training there. There's five-day boot camps. There's like three-hour courses. It depends on your, your, uh, your, your appetite for knowledge, right? And I think that's, that's a very long-term approach to building the ecosystem. Because one of the, the arguments that I always had is like people, yes, we want to go to LATAM or we're going to go to Africa or, 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 a, uh, <clears throat> or Asia, right? On, for development countries, right? And my first take is like, you need to educate. If you cannot educate, then you're not going to have enough users that will understand the value you're creating, understand that it's a long-term approach to building value because we've known, <laughs> I think the Terra situation has put us everything in the clear that short-term gains do not work in crypto. They eventually will get game or they eventually will go nowhere. And so by having an educated audience, then you start to build the necessary base for two things to happen. One, for people to understand the value, right? the short, medium, and long-term. And then second, you build the necessary um, uh, skill set for them to build on top of it, right? And so you start really with something really easy. Well, I'm, tri I'm being trivial. You start with something um, not as robust with uh, WebAssembly to build smart contracts on. The problem with the WebAssembly uh, smart contract is that it's not upgradable. So once you build that, and, and it's based on JavaScript, basically. Well, it's based on a scripting language. I don't want to get some, some hate mail there from the devs, right? Uh, and so it's built on top of a scripting network. And so it's very easy, more digestible, right? Um, and then if you want to build an upgradable contract, you go to Rust. Uh, it is, it, it, there's a gap there. It's not something trivial from going from a scripting language to Rust, to a Rust language. And so, but then again, you start to understand the fundamentals. And through near university, you, you start to understand three important things. One, how to read a smart contract, how to design it, and how to deploy it. That's really important. So I think that's, that's where I think it's a key differentiator from many of the other POSs. Uh, it is one of the good things because yes, everybody is like, read the docs or read the white papers, right? And for example, in the Ethereum space, there's a lot, and, and don't get me wrong, there's, for example, in Latin America, there's like Blockchain Academy, uh, Platzi.com, uh, Udemy, and Khan Academy. There's a bunch of, uh, of content there, but it's not curated, right? Like the Ethereum Foundation is like, there's the content, you roll your own, uh, do your own research, right? But to, to noobs or to normies like myself, it's like so difficult. And you need to understand that, 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 that it's like, for people who say, ah, it's like, you go into the tube, right? In London is mind the gap. Yes. For, you will see the difference. The, the Londoner, they just go in. They don't give a rat's ass about the gap, right? But for new guys, well, I, I remember the first time I was saying like, I, I didn't, the, the Metro normally in Mexico is like, it's, there, there's a little bit of gap, but in London, and especially in the ones that are like pure, there is a gap. Like if, you, if you're not careful, your foot is gonna go there and, uh, and the tube is just gonna fly, right? 
And you need to understand that it's the same, to, uh, the, the, the same situation when you get into blockchain technology. You're coming from a Web 2.0 background where everything's like super laid out, right? You go into here and like, it's permissionless. Yes, it's decentralized. Yes, but it's chaotic. And that it's a steep learning curve. And I think the near ecosystem did, has done a really good job of onboarding normies, right? From the Web 2.0 space and trying to close those gaps. Then of course, there's the normal gaps of building on top of decentralized network, right? Which is contracts need to, you, no amount of reviews of your contract is gonna make it safe. You need to, be, you need to audit it uh, on a, const, a constant basis in order for your contract to run and this is something that knock on wood, we have been really lucky in Metapool that we have been getting a, a good set of audits. And, and, and now the contract's about to be uh, 12 months uh, old uh, since, on, since it's been on mainnet and it's running fairly smoothly. So, so I think that brings, that's what near protocol brings in. Good onboarding process on the education part, really robust technology for you to build on top of. And, and, and for now, like battle-tested battle tested, uh, uh, SDKs uh, for builders to, to build good solutions on top of. Can you shed some light on like how much does it cost to transact on near today? And like how that would look like at hyperscale and like, um, like yeah, what, what does the conviction look like that Nia doesn't run into any scaling issues like like other protocols? So so, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna have to get a, get a pass on that one. I cannot give you the specific numbers. What I can tell you is like sharding still still has not been fully implemented. So Nightshade they announced it last year, um, uh, and we're still working out how to implement that one, uh, which is will solve the scaling issue, right? Right now, to be honest, is like we're we're still in the initial stage. Like we still haven't, even though like there's been uh, like this there's this application called or this protocol called Sweatcoin, uh, which is uh, paying um, its users for walking or running or whatnot in Sweatcoins. And I think they have around like maybe uh, one, two, three million users. So they're making the transactions on on the on the protocol network. From our perspective, we have more than 10,000, right? Uh, more than 10, uh, around 9,500 uh, wallets, give, give or take. And they're transacting with, with some, some frequency, but let's be honest, it's DeFi, right? It's like, and right now uh, and with this bearish market, it's not like everybody's like flying away. We saw a jump, a spike, of course, when everybody was uh, covering their positions and whatnot. Now that's a little bit more stable. Um, we don't see, we're seeing slowly but surely growth on it. Uh, so I, I cannot give you the exact numbers on that one, but what I'll do, uh, I'll write something. That's my compromise to the Second Words community regarding about the transactions that it can, that right now Metapool can support, right? Uh, what we see that in the future, uh, but I think we're at an early stage, right? Uh, one of the things that we need to also to understand is that the sign has hold up, right? We haven't seen, um, we've seen one, maybe two hiccups uh, based on like our RPC, RPC server uh, uh, outages. Uh, but there I think something that, yeah, you can't control hardware sometimes. And for more DevOps teams that you have there, some, someone's gonna drop the ball. If AWS has dropped the ball, like what can you tell of, of anyone else, right? Um, and so 
but yeah, I'll have to take a pass on that one. Sorry that I can't give you that. No, no worries. Number. Like you, you mentioned Sweatcoin is actually a near protocol because I, I used them before. I think it was like two years ago or something, but I don't think they had a native token on any blockchain yet. So uh, I'm, I'm just surprised you, you said they are, they launched on near protocol, right? Yes, they're, they're, they're on near. All right, cool. Cool. That's exciting. Definitely going to check that out. We'll have to get our sweat on and, and rack up some steps to earn some sweat coin after this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man, for sure. <laughs> and, and Claudio, when you look at the pipeline of projects on Near that'll list on Metapool, do you see any particular specializations by either Near or the Metapool in terms of which project types are launched? Uh, for example, Solana has been very trading focused. Based on your knowledge of the Near protocol's te technical features, uh, what specializations do you think would be most natural for Near? I think uh, that they took like a long-term approach on this one, right? I think they they bet, uh, they made a bet on diversity. That's why uh, they, they supported like the human guild, right? On the game side. It's taking them a, a long-term approach. I think the, the so, some of the projects that were going to be helped uh, launch on Meta Yield, some games, are been like six, eight months in the works, right? So, and then the DeFi, yes, of course, it's, their main focus was not the yields, right? From the get-go, that that I think it's 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 pretty obvious, and they've been slowly but surely ramping up. Um, I think uh, last year we kind of helped that also push the narrative around it, um, with ST Near being the first liquid asset on 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 Near and Aurora, and uh, and, and for example, they focus more on the yield uh, and farming, more on the EVM side like bootstrapping liquidity for near protocol through Aurora. I think that was a good call. Uh, now they have the, the challenge of bringing that, all of that liquidity. I think uh, one of the big things that we're doing in our biggest bet uh, for, for ST near is right now, most of the farms on DEXs and AMMs are using wrap near as a, as an LP token. The problem with wrap near is that it's not an interest bearing asset and it's not being staked. So uh, this year during Ethereum Denver, we announced Meta Recipes. What it does is that it allows anyone to unbundle and bundle LP tokens based on Rapnir and change them for STNIR. So it's not a trivial process because you grab your token, you unbundle it, there's a bunch of transactions there. Then what Meta Recipe does is that it automates all of this. And not only is the unbundling and bundling, but staking the unwrapped near in Metapool, getting ST near, and then bundling back again into the LP token and sending it to the DEX. Right now it works on Rep Finance. Uh, we've now we're ready for Aurora. We just need to talk to TriSolaris and WannaSwap and, and start to implement it uh, uh, or, or promote it to the users. But this is something really important where Near made, made some specific bets. And I think it's played out to their, to their advantage. Now, the long-term approach of it is, can you bring that liquidity to near native? We've done our fair share. I think we migrated around <clears throat> maybe uh, six, eight million in TBL, or that that's near that was not being staked to more than 87 validator nodes, which is the amount of validator nodes we're supporting right now with our liquid staking platform. And so for that is, is I think it's that diversity has is shortcomings, but I think in the medium and long term will play good for them. Because right now, one of the things we're working with Human Guild is we're going to launch 59 games on top of Meta Yield. 
uh, all game fives. And yes, it's a long term. It's a long term bet because at the end of the day, one of the biggest challenges for game, indie game developers is there. It's that it's a zero sum game. Either the game flies or the game crashes. It's as easy as that. There, there's no in between. Uh, but we, we, but we think that helping builders uh, play the long term game. I think that's something important, and that's what we're building with Meta Yield, right? Is we're allowing peop, uh, supporters of these projects to stake their near for them to send the near rewards. Uh, the near is going to be locked for 12 months so that we can guarantee that all the, all the complete APY was going to go to the project. And then uh, after the 12 month, the project tokens get unlocked and the backers get the near back. So it's a long-term approach to launching. Uh, and we believe that that's the right way to build um, for any layer one. There's no overnight success. There's nothing that in one month or two, there, there, the Apple App Store mentality doesn't work in crypto. Yeah. So so let's talk more about MetaYield. Actually, is that a project that you guys launched from MetaPool? And like, uh, maybe uh, just reiterate again, like, how does it work exactly um, for projects to get funded? And like, do you already have like some some initial traction? Any like cool projects that are coming out of it? And yeah, anything that you're excited about? So so one, how did MetaYield got started? So we did an IDO last year, and 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 we did that with with a platform called Skyward in in near native. And it's a good platform. Yes, it does what it does. But there are some uh, design uh, improvements that we believe are important. One, and this is a problem with most IDOs, IDO platforms, is that the project token sends their, their, their project token to the IDO platform. Once it sends it, there's no going back. The project tokens re are, are on the IDO platform, and you need to do the, 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 um, the price discovery on it. But then again, we felt that that was not very fair, right? Like, what if we do not reach our goal? What we want to raise is like, do, do we just go for it and that's it? And we got wrecked, right? Um, and so we said, that's not good, right? And with MetaYield, this is what happens. The project sets a goal. This is the amount of money. Uh, oh, sorry. This is the amount of near rewards that I want to get in exchange for this amount of project tokens. And so if they do not reach the goal, then I think it's fair for everybody to go their own way for the project token to, for the project to get their project tokens, for the near backers to get their near, right? No harm, no foul. And I think it's, a, it's an iteration process. I think we, we cannot, it's not, a, it's not a zero sum game. Like, let's be honest, this is people that have been putting their time and effort in launching a project And then they get wrecked because they do not get, they do not do a successful idea. We do not think that's fair. And so that's why we built this long-term approach. And also the, and for the backers, like now in the bearish market, of course, you don't want to, you don't want to exchange your near for a project token, which is higher risk, right? In the sense of the utility and value will create. So what we said is like, would it be okay for you to uh, back projects with your near rewards? And they say, well, yeah, if, if I like the project, I don't mind put it a hundred near or maybe a thousand near and back them up with the with the near rewards, right? I'm not risking my main asset. And so with that is is, is how we came up with meta yield, right? And also very important, this is also a way for protocols or platforms on top of near or, or Aurora to diversify the, their their portfolio or their treasury, sorry. And so 
for example, if, if there's a, a project um, that would like to get exposure to NIR uh, in exchange for their, their project tokens, but they do not want to create like a pump and dump scheme because that's the other one with IDOs. Once the IDO is done, all tokens are, are unlocked and, it's, and project tokens can easily be front run or they can make, create pump and dump schemes, right? And I think that's not healthy for anyone. For speculators, it is. But they're taking by the wayside uh, both the ecosystem, the partners, the underlying protocol net network, and also the backers, right? Near token holders in this case. And so we were thinking something more of a long-term approach. Uh, we were lucky enough to convince Pembroke Finance, which is a, a DeFi protocol that is on near native to launch with us. Uh, and if you go to, to metagill.app, you can go ahead and see it. Uh, it's, 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 it's right there. Uh, let me see if I can put it right here on, on the comments. Uh, and so definitely, oh, no. So I'll put it here on the private chat. And if you can, someone can share it, please do so. And so, and, and with this, I think they're, we're doing a good, successful uh, uh, crowdfunding uh, campaign with them. They want to raise, I think it's 125,000 uh, ST in a year to be locked. I think we're now around 90,000. We still got a few days to go. And I think we're, we will arrive to that to that uh, goal. And I think it proves that this model works on any on any type of, uh, of, of market conditions. Because this is the other thing. It's like ideal platforms only, only are successful if there's a bullish market. If the confidence in the ecosystem or the markets is high, then yes, you will see participation. If not, you won't see participation. And then the project token gets wrecked. Why? Because nobody participated. They don't do a good price discovery. Um, and all those tokens are dumped on the market. That's the last thing. When the 12 months end, then the project tokens get released on a daily linear schedule. And I think this is more healthy. The projects are slowly being dripped into the market. And by that time, if in 12 months, guys, you don't build utility for your tokens, then dude, like, I, I don't know, like, there's no more I can uh, anyone can do for you if in 12 months you cannot build any utility for your tokens. So, so anyhow, so that's the the, the approach we're taking with Meta Yield. Yeah, it's definitely a beautiful model where you can basically invest your future yield into exciting new projects. Um, so very exciting. Do you have any like on the top of your head like how much has been totally been funded on the Meta Yield so far, like across all projects? So for now, it's just Pembroke is our first project, right? All so right. It's, okay, it's, cool. It's, 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 yeah. a, it's, our, it's our baby right now, right? We launched it two weeks ago. Uh, we're going to go to the, the third week and really excited to get the support from the Staking Rewards community. If someone, someone of you wants to, wants to participate, uh, please go ahead. Uh, uh, you will get the, for the, the whole 360 view on staking, right? Because you go to Metapool, you stake, uh, you get your STNR, you go to MetaYield, you lock it up for 12 months. And then we, you mint two IOUs. You will get an IOU for your uh, near reward, so, sorry, for your ST near. And then you will get another IOU for your Pembroke tokens, which will become a lock in, I think it's, the, the, the date is, is a long one, right? It's June of next year. Uh, but there's gonna be a little bit of an alpha here for all of you. We're gonna build a secondary market for those two IOUs. So that way we can also create like a liquidity event. We're still figuring out what's the best way. Of course, it's not, we want to avoid pump and dump schemes. But if, for example, Pembroke Finance is on mainnet and they create enough utility for the token, we might open it, open that up 
uh, to be uh, tradable in the secondary market for maybe like three or four months. Uh, but we're building a secondary market for the IOUs uh, being minted through the uh, crowdfunding campaigns in MediYield. So, so that's, a, that's an alpha for, your, for, for the stake and rewards uh, community. Yeah, guys, everyone watching, be sure to check that out, metayield.app for some great alpha. And Claudio, shifting gears a little here, slightly off topic, but can you talk a bit about the Terra ripple effects and how it will influence the evolution of Metapool or even the broader near protocol? For example, we've seen some uh, dislocation in ETH versus staked ETH as a result of the collapse of Terra. How would Metapool ensure against these kinds of ripples from a black swan event? Yeah, I, I think the most exposed our protocol is, is if the near protocol network goes down, right? And, and to be honest, that that's something that the ecosystem is working hard on, right? Right now, the Nakamoto coefficient for near is not healthy, to be honest, right? It's like if seven of the top 10 validator nodes go down, yes, you will see a hinder in the performance of the network. That's something that the near core team knows uh, and, and understands, and they're working hard in onboarding more, more, more uh, validator nodes uh, into the ecosystem, right? Um, and so that's why it's, we're, we are also, we, are, we launched an initiative, education initiative called Staking Parties. This is really uh, done right now in conjunction with the uh, near Hispano community, very focused on Spanish speaking, just to, to get this ball rolling. But it's, it's, under, it's letting them, and, and this, how to avoid the Terra situation. The Terra situation could have been avoided if the ecosystem would have done a better job of educating their users. Understanding that the 20% APY, that was not, not sustainable, right? And I think, uh, and this I really recommend, uh, the, um, the last Unchained episode where Hasib and a couple of the, uh, uh, I, I, yeah, Hasib from Dragonfly leads this conversation. And because they were an investor in Anchor, right? An An Anchorage was it, or Anchor Protocol, I think it was. Uh, Anchor, and they yeah. said anchor, and then they said, "Well, when the DeFi yields went down, they anchor did not do anything about it, right? They still maintained the twenty percent if you want." Um, but then again, there was, and there was, yes, somebody called Wolf a couple of times, right? Uh, but it was really isolated, uh, and I think the Terra ecosystem did not do a good job of educating their users. They that wreck could have been avoided if people would, would have been more educated about what was happening, what was going behind the scenes in the sense of was it sustainable for the protocol or not? So, so that's something we're doing with Metapool as well, right? We're, we're educating our base, our user base so they understand the, the risks that come with uh, putting Estenure as a collateral, right? Understanding that yes, there's, you're gonna get liquidated if your positions are not good or if you get, you put in too much leverage, right? And this is something that slowly but surely we need to be doing. Uh, the Near Foundation, of course, have stayed away from anything DeFi because there's some some uh, regulatory and, and, and compliance things around it. And I understand that uh, the, the, Terra, the Terra Foundation would have been on the same position, but uh, they need to do something, right? And I think that um, Proximity Labs, uh, which is a, 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 a spinoff out of the Near Foundation, uh, I think they have like, a, and, and they're, they're, they're a means to fund DeFi protocols. They are, it's proximity.dev and they have around like $350 million to, to distribute to DeFi protocols. So definitely if you're interested, hit them up, but that's the right way. Like they're funding uh, specific initiatives 
to uh, onboard new users, right? And that's uh, very important, I think. Um, and, and to be honest, no amount of education, it's gonna make up for someone that's greedy, right? There's no way around it. That's why it's one of the seven sins, right? <laughs> and, so, and so you need to understand that, yeah, people were greedy, they got in too much, too much leverage. And now, yeah, they're wrecked, right? Uh, they're trying to spin off another one. Is it gonna go off? I don't think so. I don't think so. The the the, the you you get it's like and, and this is like reputation. This is really really important. This is something that for for Lucy and myself uh, that we are docs, right? Like everybody, we're not an anonymous project. We put ourselves out there because we understand that this that also gives a vote of confidence on who's behind the protocol, right? Who puts their name on it, right? It's not like some anonymous guy or, or anonymous guy there, right? Um, and I think that's very important, right? You judge a project based on the people that are running it. It's as easy as that. You you cannot for more permissionless uh, and 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 decentralized that you want it. I think that people that are running running a protocol define the culture around it and the opportunities around it, right? And that's why we always say like. Near token holders, front and center of everything we do. That's it. That's the law, our long-term approach. And as long as we keep to that value, we will create value for the ecosystem and for the industry as a whole, right? So, so yeah. So that's my two cents on the Terra situation. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the insights, Darren. I think we have some good community follow-up questions that we can ask later here. Okay. Uh, but now, uh, Claudio, can you tell us a little bit more about the role of the meta governance token and how, how does this play in the meta pool ecosystem? So definitely, so that's something we've been lagging on. I have to be totally transparent on that one, right? To be honest, it's just uh, uh, building, and, and it's not trivial. Like, uh, and I think the MakerDAO Foundation has done an excellent job of building all the necessary governance around it, but it's not perfect, right? It's not perfect. Lido is the other, the other example, right? And a shout out to Constantine, right? Like they've done a tremendous job over there. Uh, with all the drama and whatnot, right? Uh, and 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 so we were hesitant because we were gonna go. No, let's uh, in December we will have our governance, right? And then we started researching and we're like, oh, this is not something trivial. This is the most difficult thing to do after going on mainnet, like bar bar none, right? Because there's uh, you need to have a really open conversation on your community on what's going to happen, right? What, what are going to be the rules of engagement? Because this is the promise we did, and we're keeping that uh, word there. It is a revenue-sharing token. So people that are get are holding Meta will get a percentage revenue from from the from the the fees from the protocol itself, right? And um, and we're building value on top of that, right? Meta yield which is taking fees, like for example, what does MetaGill do? Uh, we take a, a fee out of the project tokens that are being, um, that are being uh, assigned to, to that crowdfunding platform. And then we're also taking a fee out of the STNIR that has been, that has been uh, rewarded to the protocol itself. All of that goes to the Metapool treasury. So we're building more products on top of it to make, uh, make, make, make the bag bigger, right? Uh, but then again, as it gets bigger, as the protocol grows, there's going to be a lot of uh, ways to get, um, uh, 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 how can I say, people align into making decisions. So that's what Meta is. It is a revenue sharing um, uh, token. 
Uh, we still need to build a governance on top of it. We're getting some really good help uh, from Dragonfly and from Move Capital as well, uh, which is getting us closer to also the, some of the ex-members of the MakerDAO Foundation, just to understand how something will, of this will look like. We're looking into, um, uh, and now with the, with the V-curve uh, being into, into being in question as well, right? Uh, we were looking at the escrow curve, like, hey, this is a good design. And then now with all the drama right now in it. Uh, so there's no uh, there's no silver bullet, right? And the community needs to understand that we will go to an iteration process. And then, but we're putting them front and center of everything we do. Uh, and, and hopefully that's, that's going to be something we are committing to launching this year, right? We do not want to go into another year with no governance for it. Um, and also... We need to hit some marks on the TVL, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, yeah, what's the use of a, <laughs> a revenue sharing token if there's no revenue, right? Uh, so, so that's the other one we're working hard on. Really cool. So I think that's some some good news for everyone who's staking with Metapool. Um, watch out for something coming this year. And um, also, before we go into the last question, if you have any any questions in the community here, just drop it in the chat. We'll move over to community questions in a bit. So just, um, yeah, anything about Nia, about Metapool, about MetaYear, just um, ask your questions now. Claudia is on the show um, live. So yeah, just just drop your questions. Um, and then the, the last question from our side uh, for today, like what does the world look like in a decade from now um, if you're widely successful with Metapool and like all the projects that you're working on? So, so, so definitely for us is how can a liquid asset be a tool to onboard normies, right? Uh, we're working hard on that one. Uh, it's, 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 it's not trivial, right? For example, uh, right now where there's this a mobile application called Xcapit, uh, they're based at Argentina. Um, and you need to understand something. The 100% APYs or 200% APYs, they were not real to be honest. It was just something that it was funded by the protocol itself, by, by some of the backers or VCs uh, in order to, to drive um, usage, but it's not sustainable usage. What we like about a, 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 a interest-bearing asset as STNR, that is a Korean value, is that the 10% APY native by the protocol, if you go with that to any normie, that's the, the, there, and, 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 and in Argentina, where it's a uh, tied a little bit to the US dollar to, to fiat base, right? If you want to trade it, you've already bit, uh, beaten hyperinflation. Like you're done. You don't not do 100% APY or 20% APY. It's just, you don't need to do that. And so we're looking to that narrative really closely, uh, partner with some 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 good platforms such as XCAPI. They have around 12,000 users based in Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, and uh, Venezuela, where they're putting $20, USDT, USDC, right? And they're getting a yield out of it. And so we're working with them closely to say, hey, how can you support uh, STNIR, right? That's a Korean value, right? Uh, now with the with the uh, project, and I, I see that mentioned USN, right? Yes, it's coming. Uh, uh, there, if you go, my, my two cents on the USN side, I cannot talk for the central bank. We are uh, uh, hopefully going to collaborate with them, right, uh, in how they can diversify their treasury. Um, and more importantly for us is, can this be an off-ramp and on-ramp uh, tool for development countries, right? We don't need 
a million dollars. You need to understand that people here, they earn about one or $2 per day, $3 per day, $4, right? And so if they could put in $1 and get 10% APY on it, they're golden, right? Yes, you can borrow lending, whatnot, but that type of use cases, that's where we, we that's how we onboard the next billion users into crypto, right? And that's our bet that we're going to be making is how can Estenure be a tool to onboard the, the, the development countries into the DeFi, not only the DeFi space, but the crypto uh, and, and blockchain and decentralization uh, ethos that we are betting on the future, right? It's a really powerful statement there. I, uh, I think we all wish the best success for you over the next decade plus here. And uh, now we're getting to the fun part of the show here, Claudio. Do you have any announcements you want to kind of share or reiterate here on the channel? So, so yes. So uh, it, definitely just uh, just uh, give a shout out to to the near ecosystem, right? Uh, I think they've, they've done a really good, good support uh they supported us during all this all this uh, few months of, of of going back and forth and understanding how to grow in a, a an organic protocol right we did not when we lucio myself launched we did not get a grant from the near foundation we did not raise any vc funding one of the imperative things that i told lucio is like i'm gonna put my time into this but we're gonna we're gonna launch this with no safety net right and I think that was a, a good testament on how healthy the near ecosystem is to support organic projects, right? Not everything needs to be BC funded. This bear market is gonna really um, separate the big girls and big boys from, from the kids. And, 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 and so, so definitely with that, it's just, uh, yeah, just grateful to be here with you guys. Thank you very much just for having this space for us to, to discuss what we're building on top of uh, a liquid staking asset, which is Estenian. Absolutely, and you're welcome. Uh, you're welcome back on the show anytime, Claudio. And now we're going to get into some community questions here. So first question up is from Millis, and simply, what projects are planned next on MetaYield? Yes, so the next one is going to be DAO Records. It's a decentralized music DAO. So so yeah, we're, we're supporting uh, diverse, uh, full, full on diversity of projects. Uh, we're also supporting then there are going to be uh, 12 games from the that the Cuban Guild is, is going to be coming in. I cannot name drop them because there's here's another alpha for you guys. Uh, so we're going to be implementing uh, meta voting on top of, um, of, of, of the meta yield. So you will have to vote with your meta tokens in order to get the new projects coming in into the ecosystem and uh, in, into the platform to crowdfund. Uh, so that's up and coming. So we will have 12, 12 games that will uh kind of how can i say um a vouch for your meta tokens in order to get to be allowed to be uh on top of the crowdfunding platform uh so yeah so that's that's kind of the pipeline that we, i can discuss right now with you guys awesome and then we have another question here um in regards to the stable coin on near you already mentioned um that that's probably like a way to onboard like uh yeah thousands of new users um do you have any any other insights there like i said um, has the, the latest Terra event affected the rollout of the stablecoin on Neo? Yeah, I, I would definitely invite everybody to go ahead and read and read the docs from the decentral bank team, right? They they updated them. Yes, good feedback of, on them was like, hey, you quoted a lot UST. Like it's it's okay to just do two steps back 
and understand what was flawed in their design and be crystal clear what are going to be the changes that you're going to make into your protocol to avoid the UST situation. One of it is like, yes, it's USDT and it's near back, right? That's about it. Uh, where we want to help you, the central bank is basically they can leverage STNIR to diversify their treasury, right? And get more exposure into different uh, lending and borrowing pro protocols as well. And more importantly, our liquid unstaking uh, feature. Very important here is that the amount there, the design of Metapool is as follows. There's a liquidity swap pool. So that means that there's always a cap on the amount of STNIR you can liquid unstake or unstake immediately. And it depends on the quantity of NIR in that pool. So if you're, and, and, and so if there's only 100,000 NIR there, you can only liquid unstake 100,000 STNIR or 99.98 STNIR, right? And that, and, and so uh, uh, it, it depends on, on, on how much uh, liquidity is into, in, into that pool. So that, that's the way we also cap the amount of, 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 um, of, of uh, that nobody drains all STNIR from the market, right? There's, it's not impossible to do like an attack there. Um, and so, so definitely that's something uh, we're working with the USN, how we can best support them. But then again, yes, go, go read the docs, be on top of it. I think the team is, is, is doing some very amazing stuff. Uh, I think they, they launched an experiment of uh, a staking node where you're staking near and you're getting USN back uh, instead of getting the new rewards. So there's, there's, we're still alpha beta testing, right? The, the, the key message for everyone is do not risk more than what you're willing to lose, right? And this, this is no financial advice. This is something that you go out in life. <laughs> it's just don't, don't go overboard, right? Don't, don't ape into things. It just it doesn't work, right? So, so hopefully I answered that question. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we have another last question here. Do you have competitors for liquid staking on Neo? Are there any other competing products? That, yeah, so there, uh, there's, yeah. A, there's a couple of them. There's Stater Labs, of course, Lido, Lido is going to come into the Neo ecosystem. That's a, that's a few ones. Uh, but, but yeah, so those are the ones that we really want to focus on, right? It's like the big players coming in with innovative designs, right? Uh, there's going to be a couple of them coming up uh, that are just going to clone our, our, our design, right? Uh, and it's fine with them, but we're not counting, counting them as competitors because at the end of the day, if you want to compete into an ecosystem, so bring innovation into the table, right? And that's, that's who we found. That's how we uh, measure competitors. It's like, can they bring in a value-added uh, uh, platform into the ecosystem, which is going to make a clear differentiator with us, right? So definitely uh, Stator Labs is one of them. Uh, Lido is the other one. Uh, they're coming soon into the ecosystem. So, so anyhow. Um, and, and, uh, and what are the risks if 90% of stakers use Metapool? So one of the best things about the design of Metapool is that it's non-custodial, right? So let's say we go down, right? And, and, and you're going to have STNIR, which is linked to the different, uh, to 87 different pools. So it's called Metapool because we have the big pool, which is all the stake near, And then we have a pool for each and every one of the validator nodes. So we can we, we can we can understand uh, the amount of, of near that is being allocated into the different validator nodes. Um, one of the things that we have is that the fail mechanism is if, if we go or disappear, you still it's non-custodial. You still have the keys to the near, and you can drain the pool slowly but surely uh, from a delayed on stake feature that we have. So there there's no we're not we're not we're not not handling your your rewards and we're not handling. 
uh, your near as well. So it's not custodial. So in that way, that's that's the biggest risk that we have, right? Like if Claudio or Lucio get run by a bus or 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 airplane explodes, knock on wood on both of those sides. Uh, but anyhow, so that's the, the biggest risk there is uh, regarding using our liquid staking platform. Cool. And thank you for addressing that question. And uh, thank you very much for coming on the show here today, Claudio. And, and um, thank you for all the community questions as well for the, for the listeners and watchers. So Claudio, what's the best way to follow the latest developments of Metapool, Meta, Meta Yield, and anything else you're working on? Yeah, so definitely Twitter is our one is our one and only kickstop, right? There's a couple of uh, we have our 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 uh, how can I say we have our Telegrams and we have our our Discord, but our Twitter is our best way, right? So so go to our Twitter uh, at us if you have any questions. We can send you the the Discord and Telegram links. Uh, but this is this is the best way. This is where we put them the news. And and yes, uh, like I'm I'm super grateful for you guys. Like you've done a really excellent job. I've been a fan for, since like uh, lots, lots of times before, uh, and and really excited. Uh, hopefully, I'll go to Berlin one of these days, and and we can. I'll, I'll bring the the bottle of mezcal uh, just to celebrate, um, just so we can meet in in in, in the meat space. <laughs> awesome! I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> well, awesome! Thank you very much to everyone watching again. Hit that like button on this video. Be sure to subscribe to the Staking Rewards YouTube channel if you haven't already. And if you want to check out previous episodes of Staking Mondays, you can find them available on YouTube and Spotify. For Mirko, Claudio, I'm Ken. As always, guys, happy staking.